say hello to our listening audiences, and um, we're thankful and we're grateful. But we want to invite you uh, into the book of uh, St. Mark, St. Mark chapter number 8. We also have it up on the screen. It should be up on the screen. Uh, St. Mark chapter 8, and we're going to begin with verse number 22. Father, we thank you now. We bless you. We honor you. We ask, Father God, that you just take us and use us for your glory. Saturate us with your anointing and allow your word uh, uh, to go forth into the airways and even to our hearts, into our spirits. And God, let us not lose nothing. But God, help us help it to touch the spot that needs to be touched within all of us. And we just praise you for it right now. And we honor you. This we ask in your son Jesus' name. Amen and amen and amen. <coughs> Uh, going into the book of St. Mark, chapter number 8, <clears throat> and looking at verse number 22, our title this morning is Between Two Stages, or we might can say Stuck Between Two Stages. Uh, stuck Between Two Stages. Amen. Uh, between Two Stages. Amen. 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 Between two stages. St. Mark chapter number 8, looking at verse number 22. Verse 22 says, And he cometh to Bethesda, and they bring a blind man unto him, and besought him to touch him. Now, in order to fully understand this, this particular text, we got to understand what that word Bethesda there means. Now, the word Bethesda there means the house of fish, uh, but the word fish also means truth. So we're talking about the house of truth. Anytime God is, is in the midst of it, or Christ is in the midst of it, it's always the house of truth. But it also has another meaning when it comes down to man, that word called Bethesda. It has a triple meaning, and it says it's a house of fruit, because we have all these within us, a house of fruit, a house of food, and also a house of snares. So within all of us, we have a house of snares. We get entrapped sometimes, amen? And then, of course, we have the, the house of fruit. When we're doing the things that God has called for us to do, then we, we will uh, birth good fruit, amen? Sometimes we can birth some bad fruit, amen? It just depends on what we're doing in our birthing season. And then it says the house of food. So that means anybody can come to your table, meaning you, your, within your spirit of being, and they can eat from your table. Now, we have to make sure that that what we're eating, when we, someone else is eating from our table, we've got something in there kosher uh, for them to eat. Amen? We don't want them to be eating no junk food because we know that don't last, right? So they need a good wholesome meal. That means spiritual food. Now, I'm not talking about physical food. I'm talking about spiritual food because there will come to a time when people will be coming to you wanting to hear an answer from God. What's going on? Just about like it is today in today's world. So we have to be able to have something on the inside so that they can eat from. As you're speaking out that word, you're ministering to them, and you're really, in essence, you're feeding them. You're feeding them either junk food or you're giving them spiritual knowledge. Amen. So we want to receive spiritual knowledge. Amen. So that, that's very important. But, but let's go uh, 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 a little bit further and let's look at 2 Corinthians chapter number 4. And we're going to look at verse number 3. 2 Corinthians 
chapter 4, and we're going to look at um, verse number 3, because you remember now, he was in Bethesda. He was, that's where he was. He was in Bethesda. And uh, the Bible says that they brought a blind man to him. Amen? So we need to talk about this, this, this blindness here. 2 Corinthians chapter number 4, looking at verse number 3. This is an answer to some of our questions that we may have. Now, verse 3 says, But if our gospel be hid, it is hid to them that are what? That are lost. It's hid to those that are lost. In whom the God of this world hath blinded the mind of them which believe not, lest the light of the glorious gospel of Christ who is the image of God, to shine unto them. So we have to understand now, when, when people are lost, and you, we're like, why can't they see? It's because the Word has always already told us that they've been blinded by the God of this world. So what we need to do is begin to pray and have mercy. Because if we don't pray and we don't have mercy, they'll continue to be in that blind state. Now, Blindness is not what we think. See, this is what happens when it comes down to this, this, the spirit of blindness. Now, blindness is, is here defined as being inflated or not only being inflated with self-conceit. They're also blinded because they're high-minded and sometimes they're lifted up with pride. See, when you, we will see as we continue in the text and get an answer about blindness because automatically most people think this is a physical blindness. But we both have, sometimes we have a spiritual blindness and sometimes there's a physical blindness. But here we're going to show it through the word of God that this is a spiritual blindness because we've got to begin to pray for people because when you see that person, and it's ironic that we talked about some things coming over the highway this morning about people blind on the bridge and, you know, uh, and not wanting to come out and not wanting any help. Well, we have to understand that they are spiritually blind. And so, therefore, they cannot really get up. See, the Bible talks about as, as Jesus lifted up, he said he would draw all men unto him. Sometimes when, when man is lifted up, nothing is being drawn. Amen. Can we get amen? But when Christ is lifted up, he said he would draw all men, even the one that's lying there under the bridge. But Christ has to do the drawing. But we also have to understand, according to the text, they have been blinded by Satan, the God of this world. They have been blinded. And it says their mind has been blinded. So therefore, it's not a physical blindness. It says their mind has been blinded. It's a big difference there. It's a big difference. The mind is the vehicle for the spirit to move through. So therefore, if, if the mind, if the spirit has been blinded in them, because see, the Satan can offer us all kinds of stuff and, and cause us to become spiritually blind. Amen. We all been there. We've done it. Amen. So we don't think we're so holy and righteous that, that we haven't done it. We at some point in our life, and even now, and even to time to come, we will be blinded uh, spiritually, amen, by the enemy. But our thing is we want to make sure we seek God so he will help us because sometimes we can get in a, con a condition or in a situation where we just plain not stuck and don't know what to do, amen. So things that God would uh, do some things differently, and we will, we will show that. 
Now, let me add this to you. It says, when a person is entrenched in his own attitude or belief, or they're non-receptive, there is nothing that anyone can do. Whatever, whatever he chooses or wherever he chooses to reside is what his state of mind will determine his environment and his circumstances. In other words, whatever person's, wherever their mind is, with the state or condition of their mind, that's going to be the environment or the circumstances they're going to continue to find themselves in. Amen. This is why I say poverty is plans. Some people say, no. See, it, it, we've been taught so, so many years, okay, you know, it's, it's a physical poverty. We worry about that. No, worry about the spiritual poverty because, see, Christ can bring us up and, and gives us what we need, and that's something he always does. He says he will provide us, you know, with those things we, with, that we need. It's just sometimes we just mess it up. I, mean, I don't know about y'all, but I know I have. So maybe everybody up here has been perfect and they've done right with their resources, you know what I'm saying, you know, you know. You know, but 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 I have not always been there, amen. And sometimes I still miss the mark. What about y'all? Sometimes I still miss the mark, amen. And I've got enough sense to recognize when I miss the mark, amen. And don't have a problem sharing it because that's what's wrong with the church family, the church house, or, or the church world today. We want to wear this mask and pretend everything is great, everything is wonderful, and we'll be going through pure whatever, pure hell. Can I say that? But we still wear that face, right? Be real. Amen. You, you never know what, what, what person may have what you need. I heard this guy say the other day. In fact, about it, I heard two people say this. A closed mouth doesn't get anything. A closed mouth. And see, that closed mouth has everything to do with that spirit of pride. Amen. You got a spirit of pride. I'm doing fine. I'm, I'm blessed and highly favored. And soon you get back in the door, you break down and start crying. Knowing what you need, so amen. Can we, can we, can we deal with that? Amen. 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 So, so we can understand that there comes time now when, when, when we may be stuck and there's a time that we're between two stages, and, and we're going to share that. Now, let's go back to St. Mark chapter number 8. And we're going to look at verse number 3. St. Mark, chapter number 8, looking at verse number 3. Now, one of the things we want to remember is the fact that when they brought the blind man, you know, to Christ, uh, uh, verse number 23 says this. Watch this. And he took the blind man by the hand. He led him out of the town. And when he had spit on his eyes and he put his hands upon him, he asked him if he saw all. Now, the first thing that happens here in verse number 23, he says when he uh, led him out of town, before he even gave any type of healing, he had to remove him from his environment. That's why when it comes down to people that have addictions, regardless of what that problem is, if, they, if it's a severe the first thing they want to do is get you out of town from that environment. Amen? Because you, in order, that's what Christ did. See, that's not something man made up. That's in the book. They just took it from God. Amen? They took it from God. Because see, right here, Christ says, when they brought him, the first thing he did, he took him by the hand. He, took, he put his power upon the, uh, man's power, and he, and he suppressed that self-ruling of man. Because, you know, we, we, we're notorious of wanting our own way, right? 
And so he led him from that environment. See, he had to be led away from the environment. That's why it's so important. That's why they do that. Because they have to come out of that environment so that way when, when, when they get themselves better, and I'm going to show you something else in the word, what, what God, uh, Christ's instructions to that man was, which is contrary <laughs> to what man has said. Amen? I can only give you what the books say, right? I can only give you what the books say. He, so Christ, he takes him out. He said, Bible says he takes him out, out, out of the town. He leads him. He leads him. Now, he has to be willing. Now, Sometimes God speaks to us, but we're not willing to listen. We're not willing to obey and follow the Lord's instructions. Amen. So, so, so he's leading them out. He's taking them from that environment. Amen. Now, and also, it's a mindset too. You got to be, I always will go back. It's a mindset. Now, we're going to go to 2 Corinthians uh, chapter number 8 and verse number 12. 2 Corinthians chapter 8, verse number 12. Because, see, we're going to see what's going on. Now, you keep your place in, in St. Mark chapter 8, but we're going to 2 Corinthians chapter number 8 because Christ also, he spits on in his eyes. He expanded his vision. When he brings him out of that environment, he expands his vision. And, and there's a reason how people can, some people can get healed and why some people cannot get healed. 2 Corinthians chapter number 8. And we're going to look at verse number 12. 2 Corinthians chapter number 8, verse number 12. Verse 12 says, For if there be first a what kind of mind? A willing mind, it is accepted according to that a man hath, and not according to that he hath not. So, he had to have a willing mind. You have to have a willing mind to be led from the environment. Now, God's not going to go against our will. So if you've got a willing mind, whatever you're trying to accomplish with God at the helm, you'll be able to reach your destination. Amen? So he, sp he spits on his eyes. He spits there. He expands his vision because, remember now, he's spiritually blind. Now, going back to St. Mark chapter number 8 and dealing with verse number 24. But we're going to make sure that's up on the screen. But the thing is, when he spits on his eyes, he, he expands the man's vision. See, a lot of times our vision is too small. We're blinded. See, Satan will tell us, no, you, you, you know, you, you, you'll never make it. You know, you done done all this. You can't accomplish anything and you don't have any money. Let me tell you something. God owns the cattle of a thousand hills and the cattle too. And he owns all the silver and the gold that's in every place upon this earth. Amen. And he, well, we may not have the, the financial resource. God has somebody else that does have the financial resources. Amen. See, this is what we have to understand. We say, well, that, no, that's, that's terrible. No, let me tell you something. If God gives you a vision and, it, and your wallet can, can take care of that vision, then it's not God's, it's yours. Amen. But when he gives you a vision to carry out his work, that means there will be no way that you'll be financially able within your own self to carry it out. But God will give you people, God will put people in your path to help fulfill his vision. See, God has people that has money that don't want to do the work, but they don't mind giving the money. 
They don't mind providing the, the resources that you need to help carry out the work of the kingdom. Because, see, it's all about the kingdom. How do you think we do what we do? House of Destiny, I mean. How do you think we do what we do? It's by the, number one, by the grace of God, but by all those people that God has put in House of Destiny's path. Some of us will never meet them. Some of us have met them. But they open up and their resources and they make provisions to help us do the work as far as the kingdom and feeding, feeding others, helping others. You know, we don't know those people, but that's, that's not important. That's irrelevant. The main thing is that we're doing the work of God. Some of us, you know, Dr. Ben and I, oftentimes we say this, and then we have to correct ourselves because we say, well, sometimes, well, you know, you go out and you give these people that stuff, and, that, and you never see them again. Well, that's true. But you know what? Jesus did the same thing. Jesus gave. He told me, I know you followed me for the miracles. You're not, you know, you're not. I know you're following me for the fishes and the loaves. He knew that, but he fed them anyway. Amen. You never know who in the midst of that is going to get saved. You have no idea. So it's, so it's very important that we understand. Now, we can be in a place of total blindness. We can be stuck spiritually. Some people are spiritually blind. But if they have that willing mind first, catch that word, first. When you have a willing mind first, you're willing to do whatever God tells you to do. It may seem stupid. Anybody done some stupid stuff before you and God told you to do it? And you said, God, now that don't make no kind of sense to me. But when you get there, when you get there, I mean, the results was positive, right? But at the time, here we are questioning God, right? Hey, I've done it. Amen. But you've got to have that willing mind. I've got to be willing to press that to be willing to press to do, you have to be willing to press to do whatever God calls for us to do in the kingdom. You never, we used to say you never know who, uh, if you might meet another Rockefeller or Donald Trump, but I thought we might have rephrase that a little bit. We, <laughs> we can't talk about their money, you know, but we might have to rephrase that. Now, we're not talking about that mentality. We're talking about the cash. That's what we're talking about. Amen. That's what we're talking about. But, but if, if their heart and mind is to help in the kingdom, they will open up whatever the resources that they have, and therefore it will carry out the, the, the vision and the will of God. It's just like yesterday when we was in Thomasville, North Carolina, and, and we worked there with another church. We, we were already tired from all week long, but that's okay because, see, God got some beautiful rewards. I'm telling you, he's awesome. God's an awesome. And, and there we are, and then there's all these, these people in the park, and we're um, feeding them, giving them food and stuff. And then here comes the policeman, you know, and they are there playing with the children and, and, and the grown-ups. I mean, it was a good positive influence. Because that lets you know it's not always when the policeman goes that he's for trouble. I mean, I mean that, it was a positive thing. I mean, they were out there playing the game that the children supposed to be playing. They probably need a relief, a stress relief. Amen. I mean, I mean, if you, I, mean I saw them, I was like, wow, that, that was good for them. It was wholesome. Amen. And they spent the whole time out there. I'm sure, you know, they probably had some other calls, but they were saying they were doing something else, you know. But they was getting a stress relief. They needed it. Amen. The same way we need one, they do too. Amen. But it was beautiful. But see, this the fact to see the children and, and how other people operate. House of Destiny, you ought to thank God you're House of Destiny. Amen. 
And how when we start to do one thing, we focus on that one thing, everybody together on the same thing, not 50 different things at one time. You got a bunch here and a bunch here, a bunch, and you're divided and don't even know it. So you, we're blessed. Let me get back to this word. We're blessed. St. Mark now, St. Mark chapter number 8, verse number 24. Remember now, God has led him out. He has expanded his vision. See, God is going to expand some of our visions if we allow him to. Now, we can want to stay in our comfort zone. If you stay in your comfort zone, ain't nothing going to happen for you. I'll tell you that right now. Because God does not dwell in our comfort zone. But he's going to expand your vision and see beyond, far beyond what you can even think or comprehend that you can accomplish. Well, you're not going to accomplish it. God is going to do it through you. Amen. Now, St. Mark chapter number 8, looking at verse number 24. Verse number 24. Now, verse 24 says, and he looked up, and he said, I see men as trees walking. Now, we have to understand when it comes to vision, vision is progressive. It's a progression. Here, this man, he says, he sees men as trees walking. This is, this is his reply. He sees men as trees walking. Well, what, what did he really see? He got a glimpse. He got a glimpse of man's original state before Adam fell. He's, because he's talking about the Garden of Eden. See, and, 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 and in the book of Isaiah, it, it tells us that we are trees of righteousness. We're trees of righteousness. So the first thing he sees now, his, his vision is blurred. <laughs> his vision is blurred. And, uh, and his, his eyes of understanding is not clear, but yet it is clear. First thing he sees man the way man should be. In other words, he saw the way we, we should be when God is dwelling on the inside of us. Because, see, they were spirit beings. Adam, before they fell, Adam and Eve, before they fell, they were spirit beings. They were totally spirit beings. After the fall, then that came in the fallen state. So often my devotion always tells me, Brenda, remember, you live in a fallen world, so don't think everything's going to be perfect. Amen. We live in a fallen world, so never think everything is going to be perfect because it's not. Because man has fallen, mankind. Even though Christ has come back and he lives on the inside of us, I always ask the question, you know, where are we taking, where are we taking Jesus when we go into these places where we go? Because he lives on the inside of us, amen. Do we not know that? He comes and he resides there, okay? Now, all right, now, so, so he sees them, he sees them, he gets a glimpse of, of, of man in his original state. So what Christ does, he, he, he asked him first, and then he put his hands on him again. Because, see, his vision is blurred. His vision, how many of us had blurred vision before? You had blurred, blurred uh, vision, and you made bad decisions in a, when you're in a blurred state. Amen. Come on, you know, you know, that's, that's right, ain't it? We, we, we've made some bad decisions when our vision was blurred. Because it's like this. Most people always say, well, you know, God said I do this. Mm -mm. Your vision is blurred because at the end of the day or the end of the weeks or the end of the months, you'll know whether or not God said it. Amen. Amen. We've been there before. Amen. Amen. I, I remember I had a pastor 
goodness, now we've been 15, 20 years ago, and uh, right after he passed away, we, we, we built a debt-free church uh, over half a million dollars, and that was maybe $25,000 left to be, to be finished. But he, he collapsed in, in, in the, the pulpit, and he died you know, that, that Sunday. And when we got to the new church, because we, we marched to the new church, and we even uh, um, carried his body, you know, when they had the funeral at, at the services at the new church, and we were able to, to carry, the men carried the body, the casket down the road. This was done in Chesney. And, and they took it all the way down, and, and we got to, to the new facility. And uh, I, I, I'll never forget this. And, you know, they was like, oh, God says we can have this, and, you know, it's our, it's our time, and it's our season. And the next day, people were getting all this material stuff. Amen. But their money wasn't right to the point where they could handle all that. See, sometimes we just lie on God. Amen. We just lie on God. You know, so everybody getting new cars and buy a new house, and next thing you know, uh, here come the repo man. Amen. Everybody don't have the same, and, 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 and that, that uh, uh, certain season is, uh, we'll have to deal with that another text too, because we have a, a, a season of favor all the time. All the time. It's not, oh, it's, it's your season. No, that's not what the Bible says. My season says what the Bible says, and that means I have favor that encompasses all around me, and you do too because that's what the Word of God says. Amen? See, we have to speak what the Word of God says. Amen? So, so here it is. This man now, he, he's, 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 he's at a place where now God has laid his hand. His vision is progressive, but he still has blurred, blurred vision like most of us. Uh, sometimes, uh, oftentimes, we make bad decisions. Now, look at verse number 25, St. Mark chapter number 8. Now, verse number 25 says, After that he put his hands again upon his eyes. See, Christ had to, had to lay his hands upon his, upon his vision again. Then it says, and made him look up. Now, the previous verse says he looked up. But in verse number 25, it says Christ made him. How many times God made us do stuff, right? We, mm, no God, no God, no. Uh, but he will make us do things because he knows it's better for us. Amen? So because left, left to us and our own insanity, and I can speak about me, we'll, we'll go down the wrong road. And I always like to use that illustration of that, that, that milkshake. I always use it, and I think about it long enough, I'm going to have me more. Amen. Amen. So the best way not to do that is not go to the store and get it, right? But, you know, next thing you know, I'm like, okay, all right, I'm, I'm going to have this. And sooner or later, I'm going to have that milkshake. That's all it is to it. Knowing it's not good for my diabetes. Knowing it's not good for my sugar because it's going to get elevated. Amen. So he has, sometimes he has to make us. Because when you start seeing those numbers, we begin to back up a little bit, right? Well, at least I do. I don't know about nobody else. But he had to make him look up. And sometimes God takes us through trials. Oh, I hear your Holy Spirit. He will take us through trials and tribulations, and that helps us to look up. That's a, his way of making us look to him. Because if everything is going good in our life, we won't be looking to him. If every day was perfect in God, we would not be looking to Jesus Christ. Why do you think trials and tribulations has to come? It's to get us back of the place of discomfort. It's to get us to that place where our reliance is on God and not on ourselves. Because none of us self-sufficient. We just think we are. Amen. We're not self-sufficient. 
It's, it's the Lord. Amen. And that's why we have to acknowledge him in all things. We have to acknowledge him. And even the fact to give him thanks in all things. And that's a hard one. That's a hard one. To give him thanks in all things. All things. It did not, it did not exempt anything. As Dr. Mellon taught, taught on Wednesday. I mean, give him thanks in all things. I mean, when things are bad, difficult, hurt, and painful, you know, sickness, you still put, the Bible says, give him thanks in all things. Help, Lord. I got a ways to go because some things I'm like, God, wait a minute. What's going on here? I don't know. Maybe y'all don't talk to him like that, but I do. I, I'm, 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 just, I'm just telling you now. You, God, I don't quite understand this. You know, you done prayed and you done prayed and you done prayed and you look for some results in life. Oh, wait a minute, there's something wrong here. It looks like it's getting worse than it's getting better. Amen. So, but, but, but he says, give him thanks in all things. And I help God, I need you. Help. Amen. You have to cry out. Amen. That willing mind, willing mind. But he says, when he made him look up, when we go through those trials and those tribulations, and we have to look up and rely on God, watch what he says. And then he says, and so, and he was restored. And he was restored. When we look up, restoration comes. When we don't look to God, there is no restoration. And there is no rest for the weary soul. Amen. Only time we can get restoration is when we look to God, and then he says, I saw every man clearly. I saw every man clearly. See, when we look to God, take on the mindset of God, then we can see men and mankind just the way they are. Amen. Now look at verse number 26, same chapter, St. Mark, chapter number 8. Verse number 26. Remember we talked about the town before? He led him out of the town, out of the environment that he was in. You know, most of us like to go back, right? Well, let me show you what the book says. Verse number 26, St. Mark chapter number 8. Verse 26 says, And he, tell my Christ, and he sent him away to his what? His house. And then he says, saying, Neither Go into the what? Town, nor tell it to any in the town. So what does that tell me? You don't go back to that environment. That's what Jesus said. He, he let him out. He brought him out of that environment. He let him out. He brought him back. He let, he let him. The man had a will in mind. But I wonder, did he follow those other parts of the instructions? Because Jesus tells him now, in verse number 26, he said, you go back to your own house. Which meant that he had to leave his house to get to the town. To get to that environment. Amen. Wow. You're kind of quiet on that, ain't you? <laughs> yeah. He told him, don't, he said, don't go back to that same environment. He said, I've led you from that. You were blind. You were spiritually blind. So therefore, what I did, I restored your vision. I expanded your vision. I brought you to new territory. Most of us do not like new territory because it's unfamiliar. It's a new frontier, and we don't know what's going to happen. Because why? And the thing is, we rely too much on self and not on God. See, it's a new frontier. Every new frontier is a challenge. But as long as you got God in the challenge, you're going to make it, baby. You're going to make it. 
He said, don't go back to that environment. Come out from there. He said, I've, see, sometimes in that environment, can we talk about the world? In that environment, they want you to stay at a low level. Amen. That's why when they get, you know, they, they so eagerly give people uh, stuff on welfare. And I don't mean this in a negative. Sometimes we need some things. Amen. But it's also, it keeps you at a limitation. It keeps you at a limitation. And it also keeps the men at the house. Think about it now. Think about it. Think about it. When it comes down, when it comes down to, see, you see, you have to be wise now. You can see the whole picture. See, what happens is, okay, I'm willing to give you a check, you and your children, but the man got to go. That's how that works. But you can only get $200 a month. What can you do with $200 in our society today? So what they do is they keep us on a limited plane. Even when you're going down, you're working on your job. I'm going to stop with the welfare. You're working on your job. They give you a certain salary, right? And, and that's it. And they might give you a two-cent raise, five-cent raise, and we celebrate, right? Thank you, Brad. Thank you. Yeah, we, we do. We celebrate. I've done it. I'm not telling you anything I haven't already done. Amen. I've, I've, I've witnessed it. I've experienced it. I've done it. But when you work for God, when you work for God, I will guarantee you because I am and we are, you know, Dr. Mel and I, we are a living, a living witness. God will take care of you. I've been retired since 2008, and Lord has blessed us to such a degree. I'm like, whoa, God, why did I ever stay on that job 30-something years? And I did. But God, whenever you work for the kingdom, whenever you work for the, for the Lord, and it's really all of it is, is ministry, whatever you put your hands to do to help and to bring forth the kingdom, to bring forth the, um, people to salvation, God will repay you every time. Not that we're working for God for pay, no. He just loves his children and wants to take care of us. That's how that goes. But he's so oh, he's just so awesome. But remember now, he also had some blurred vision too. So let's see an example, and we're almost done, a blurred vision. Amen. Let's go to the book of St. Matthew. St. Matthew. St. Matthew. Oh, chapter number seven. We're gonna deal with some blurred vision. An example of, of, of a blurred vision. St. Matthew chapter number 7. Are we there? Amen. St. Matthew chapter number 7. Talking about blurred vision. Verse number 1 in St. Matthew chapter number 7. First thing it says is, what's that first word? Judge not that ye be not judged. So in other words, if we make a judgment, expect that judgment to come back to you. That's what the book says. Amen. It's easy to, to look over in somebody else's house and make a judgment when we got some mess in our own. Amen. Can, can, can we be real? Amen. Can we be real? Because that's what the book says. Now, I'm going to show you what the book, why the book say what it says. Amen. Now, verse number two says, For with what judgment ye judge? What did it say? Ye shall be judged. In other words, whatever judgment you put on somebody, it comes back to your house. That's what the Bible said. Can we, and, and it is in, what, is that red letters? It's in, it's in red letters. You know, my Bible got red. I mean, Jesus talking. Jesus talking. 
He says this, For with what judgment ye judge, ye shall be judged. And with, and with what measure ye met, it should be measured to you again. So how much of us you doing, you're going to get the same amount back. If you do a whole lot of judging, a whole lot of judging going to come back on you. I've been there. I'm not going to lie to you. I'm not going to tell you something I don't know or hadn't done. I've been there now. You know how you say something? You know they shouldn't have done it that way. And next thing, they'll boom loom in your own house. So whatever judgment we put on somebody, we might as well be ready to get it back. See, that's why it's important. We need to understand this, that when we, when we sow a seed, especially a seed of discord, I don't know why the Lord is bringing that to my mind, a seed of discord, you don't always get back what you, what you said, just a seed. You're going to get back a field. Have you ever planted a seed and, and, thought, and it remained a seed? No. You get back, your harvest is a field. Your harvest is a field, not a seed. It's not a seed. Now, we're still in St. Matthew, chapter number 7. We, we're still there now. Now, uh, it says this. Whatever uh, uh, judgment that we give, and, 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 it's coming, and our measure is coming back to us again. Then verse 3 says, watch this. And why beholdeth thou the mote that is in thy brother's eye, but considerest not the beam that is in thine own eye. In other words, blurred vision. They've got a speck and we got a tree. Got it? I'm judging. I'm judging your speck. I'm trying to see who I'm going to be able to use and they'd be all right and be comfortable, you know. I don't know who I'm going to be able to use. All right, I can use, I can use Ricky. I can use Ricky. Ricky. Me and Ricky, cool. We cool. I can, I can use Ricky. We cool. So, so I'm going to look at Ricky, and I'm going to judge the, the, the spot or the, the, the little straw that he has in his eye. And all of a sudden, I, I've got this big old bean in mine. I've got this tree. You know, I can, I can see that little spot. I can see that little spot. But I can't see the big old tree in me. Amen. You know, blurred vision. That's an example of blurred vision. Amen. Because, see, it's important. See, that's why most people don't like to have the written scripture or, 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 or go in the book to read. Because, see, what happens is the study, it reveals us. It's a mirror. It, it, the word of God is a mirror for self. <laughs> it is a mirror. So it says this now, Washington, before we say, well, I ain't supposed to judge. We're going to take the whole story, okay? Now, it says this, and uh, it says, behold. In other words, check out, check out verse number three. It says, and why beholdest thou the mote that is in thy brother's eye, but not consider the beam that is in thine own eye? Verse four says, or how wilt thou say to thy brother, let me pull out the moat, the little spot, the twig, out of thine eye, and behold, a beam or a tree, a rock, you know, a mountain is in our own eye. Amen. I'm going to pull, your, I'm gonna pull that, that little spot out, but I'm, I can see all your, your, your infractions, but I can't see mine. And mine is a thousand times worse. Amen. So, so, so that's what the word of God says. And watch, watch what God says here. Verse number five, uh, and this is going to be our last verse. Verse number five says, what does Jesus say? Thou what? 
I only heard one or two people say it. Thy what? Hypocrite. You know what a hypocrite is? A stage player. It's one of them, them what is some days of our life, folk? <laughs> you know, they, when they're on TV, you know, they play in that role, but that's not the real them when they, they get to come off of that days of our life and they go back to the real thing. You know? A hypocrite ain't nothing but a stage player. Jesus says when we're judging and somebody getting a little spot out of there, we got a beam now. He said, you ain't nothing but a hypocrite. You're a stage player. That's what the book say. If anybody's going to get mad, get mad at Jesus. Because he's the one who wrote it. He's the author and the finisher of our faith. He wrote the book. He, he says this. He said, first, he calls him a hypocrite. He said, thou hypocrite, you're a stage player. Because, see, they got blurred vision. He said, first, let's go that first word again. First, cast out the beam out of thine own eye. Watch this. And then shall thou see clearly to cast out the moat out of thy brother's eye. In other words, take care of self first. Get the beam, get the tree, get the mountain, get the rock out of our own, our own life. And then at that point, we can begin to deal with the speck in somebody else's life. See, he didn't say that at the end of the day, you know, you just, oh, I'm not going to judge that. No. He said, you get yourself cleaned up first. Then you can go and, and talk to somebody else about the, about the spot or, or the straw that's in their, own, in their eyes. So you're talking about, that's an example of blurred vision. See, the man had blurred, he was spiritually blind. He had to be led out of his environment. God had to put, God had to put his hand on all of us. He had to put his hands on all of us, and the thing is progressive. You know, spiritually, we're always in a, in a place of progression. We don't arrive overnight. Deliver me from Christians is already there. Because even the Bible says this, you know, uh, uh, talking about in the last days, you know, you, you got to go through that process. It said the same shall be saved. So we may trip up at any time. It's just like a runner. He might be the fastest runner it is, but you don't know what obstacle or what little rock might be laying right there in the way, and while he's running, he may trip or slip on that rock. We don't, we don't never know when we're going to slip up. But see, but he said, clean up. That's what's that song? Clean up where you messed up. Y'all remember that? Clean up where you messed up. And start all over again. That ain't how it go. Uh-uh, I think that's how it go. Amen. But, but the main thing, some folks don't know that tune. I, I learned it from somebody else that was here a long, long time ago. They used to sing that, that, that whatever kind of song they used to sing. But anyway, 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 he had blurred vision. He had blurred vision. God said, come out of the environment. But he also said, don't go back. He gave him specific instructions. Don't go back to the old environment. Why? God says, because I got something better for you. He said, I've expanded your vision to let you see who you really are. Most times, people do not know who they are in God. That's why they hang out in their lower self. See, we know sometimes we hang out in our lower self rather than hanging out in our higher self. Because when we hang out in our higher self, we're hanging out with God. You know, we are seated in high places is what the Word of God says. But we want to hang out in that old vibe. God said, don't go back there. Don't go back there. He said, I brought you from there. He said, he said, there are times when we're in between two stages and we're trying to make a decision. Never make a decision when, when, when you're in a stage of blindness, spiritually blind. 
It's just like this. You never go, give you something simple that you can understand. Never go to the grocery store when you're hungry. You'll spend up all your money. You'll get all this stuff that you ain't you didn't intend to buy. Amen. I've done that too. I'm hungry. I'm going to go in the grocery store, get one thing. I come back with three or four bags. I ain't supposed to be getting but two items. So that, that's what he's saying, you know. This is so important. Don't make bad decisions when we're in a blinded state, you know, or, or walking in self-pride. Because, see, sometimes God can raise us up, and we can operate in self-pride. We can do that. That can happen too. Amen. So we want to make sure that we allow the Lord to put his hands on us so we can go forth and do the work of the kingdom. And one thing I can guarantee in the name of Jesus that God will never fail his children. God will always, always, you hear me, God will always take care of his children. Amen. Let's give God a hand clap of praise. Amen. Praise the Lord. Amen. 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 We are thankful and we're grateful uh, that you, you allowed us to, to 